I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about the memo. Who cares about the memo? Move on, please. I know I'll have to mention it, I'm sure. Perriello, though. He's got a new uh, Virginia pact to push liberalism. I'll explain that. New policy in the Virginia House on sexual harassment. Oh, it's so critical. And I was wrong. Dead wrong on Trump. That is next. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Radio was the founding fathers intended. The Lee brothers, my name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee, my co-host, my friend, and my brother, is not with me today. And that changes the entire dynamics of the Lee brothers. Last week, I came in here and gave you an update on Richard, where we were, and then I left to go be with him. And today, I'm going to give you an update in just a second. But first, coming up at 4 o'clock, uh, have you seen this um, Jonathan Young proposal from the Richmond schools? Have you, have you seen this thing? This is, this is spectacular. The amount of cuts this guy wants to do in the Richmond City schools is amazing, and we had a list of them. I'll share those with you at 4 o'clock, which is just refreshing. I, and honestly, I don't know who Jonathan Young is, but this uh, sounds like a good start to me. Also, normally he's going to join me at 4 to talk about the FBI and the pensions, and then somehow maybe we'll get into the memo and talk about that. And then at 5 o'clock, the Fighting Irish now are offensive, along with Chief Wahoo from the Indians. Uh, we'll talk about all that and more. This packed show, Dead Ahead, as Scott Lee is here by himself, minus the best part of the program, Richard Lee. Now, I've already heard that. <laughs> so many responses, emails, Facebook posts, all saying, you know, can you do this without him? I, no, I cannot. He's a phenomenal human being, and uh, above all else, he makes this show much more entertaining than just me sitting here by myself. But let me give you a quick uh, glimpse into the Lee Brother household here for a second and what this week's looked like. Last week, I came in here at this exact time and gave you a rundown that Richard was in eight hours of surgery at Henrico Doctors, and that is uh, that was true, and Richard went through eight hours removing his spleen, his pancreas, gallbladder, and you can imagine the impact that has on the human body and the toll that it takes. Richard spent uh, a few days in ICU, and I will report to you now that he is um, in a regular room in the hospital, actually getting up every hour or so, walking and talking and texting me at 3 o'clock in the morning, obviously in a, some kind of fog and stupor, words I could not understand, <laughs> which is so phenomenal. I absolutely loved it because I know Richard. I know how his brain was thinking, and the fact that his thumbs couldn't work on his phone is just uh, hysterical. I hope that he didn't mind me laughing at him. He is um, hes not out of the woods yet. He's got more tubes and uh, IVs and things poking out of his body and his neck than, than, than anyone I've ever seen. And um, as you can imagine, um, if you don't have your pancreas, your spleen, your gallbladder, that they did some work on your body, he's not eating. He can't eat. Um, once your pancreas is removed, I guess there's medical things that are involved there, and maybe someone can help me how, how that really impacts your body. We've been I've been trying to get the, the info on what that means. Apparently, you just can't go pick up a steak anymore and eat it. And, uh, and so Richard is, um, he's in pain, but he has got, he, like anything else you know about Richard Lee, his, his spirits are incredible. I don't know how this guy goes through with these life-changing experiences and then cracks a joke every three minutes with me. 
I'm, I'm just in her look at just I'm I'm in awe of his ability to see God in all these things even above people who care for him who struggle with it somehow Richard doesn't it's almost like um obviously God is uh involved here in a way that we don't see we don't know but he's certainly giving one of his angels on this earth which I believe Richard to be the great ability to handle it where quite honestly I would just throw in the towel. I'd be a, a basket case, you know. I'd be a mess on the floor, curled up in the fetal position, calling for mommy or something. But Richard, not so much. He's a trooper. We will continue to ask, covet your prayers greatly. Uh, continue to pray for his health. I do, I, this is a long pattern, as you could possibly imagine. I mean, for Richard to be back here next week, I think would be a miracle. Um, and I've seen him in his life, so it's very possible that he would be back here next week. And if he is... Uh, then then uh, the show will be improved at least 50%. Um, but uh, otherwise, pray for him, pray for his recovery, pray for his health, um, and pray for his spirits. Because I've never met anyone who had a better one, but even the best of us um, struggle with where we are in certain aspects of our life. And, 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 and if this is helping you, as I'm telling this story, that you take for granted, we all do, that we got up this morning that we walked, that we were able to use the restroom and have an amazing breakfast. We take these things for granted. And if this story in its smallest content makes you do something, like slide your slippers so far into your bed that when you wake up in the morning, you have to get down on your knees to get them, then good. Stay there a while. It is a good place to be when things go crazy, and even a better place to be when things are good. Richard Lee and I, Scott Lee, covet your prayers as we move forward, and let's just pray that he's here next week. That would be a very, very good thing. All right, I'm on my own, 454-1366, 454-1366. Let me just give you a quick rundown on the memo. This is, I don't want to talk about this. Actually, I got some other things to tell you about, like why I was so dead wrong on Trump, and I'll, I'll tell you that in a second, but first, this memo is interesting. Let me just give you a couple takeaways here real quick so that we can forget it and move on. Um, here's the takeaway. It's about this dossier that was put together by this ex-spy, Steele. You see, this, this dossier put together by the spy, the spy, by the way, who hated Donald Trump so much that he couldn't imagine him be elected. So the dossier paid for by the Clintons, we know this to be true, and Hillary, was essential to obtaining a FISA court warrant to surveil Trump and his campaign. So here's just a couple quick little bullet points. Hillary Clinton campaign for presidency, and the DNC paid over $160,000 for this dossier that Steele never verified. According to that memo, According to the memo today, Steele was desperate that Trump did not get elected and was passionate about him not being president. The Obama administration's FBI used the unverified information in the dossier to obtain a FISA court warrant to surveil Carter Page, who's, by the way, the member of the Trump campaign. You remember this. Just a little side note. The FBI didn't tell the FISA court judge that the information in the dossier was paid for by Clinton's. That is a little side note. It doesn't really matter. Meanwhile, Carter Page gets spied on by the Obama administration. And other incidental little things during the surveillance were collected. 
And you know what those are now because Trump has had people dragged through the mud. Gosh, this thing smacks of just politicizing as it can be. This is what the memo states today. Members of the Obama administration unmasked certain persons that were involved in the Trump campaign. Those who were surveilled based on the unverified Clinton-funded information. And then the information about these individuals was later leaked to the media. And they tried to build a case that Trump colluded with the Russians. That's the entire story. The memo reveals this, that there's no evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians. And there's plenty of ample evidence that the Obama administration used the FBI to attack a political figure. That is a crisis of the republic. That is scary stuff. Man, how deep does this wormhole go? This is what makes everyone just throw their hands up and say everything north of Fredericksburg, surrounded by a beltway run by kings and queens, truly think of themselves as kings and queens. And some people actually think that we ought to empower them more with our tax dollars and freedom. I say no. All right, coming up, why I missed it, I have no idea. I was dead wrong on Trump, and your phone calls are next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820, WNTW, and 97.7 FM. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. One-headed talk show today. Richard is in the hospital. I'm by myself, Scott Lee, right here in the outside the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. How was I I so wrong? I, I just don't get it. I mean, I don't take these things lightly. I looked at the presidential campaign last year and, and, uh, and the buildup to the run for the presidency, and I thought, Trump is no way the guy I want. I mean, don't get, I, I look at this stuff carefully. I looked at all the candidates. I, I measured them. I had my picks of who I wanted. Trump was, get this, dead last. I'm like, how, in the, how did I miss this so bad when I put so much effort and time into it? I mean, Trump fooled me bombastic, arrogant, conceited, hated the tweets. Actually, when he first announced, I busted out laughing. I watched his inter- his, uh, his opening uh, announcement that he was going to run for president. I laughed the whole time. And, I mean, I laughed the whole first six months. I thought this guy's a joke. I don't even know who he is. I have no idea politically where he stood. I saw pictures of him with Clinton. I saw pictures of him with, with uh, Steve Wynn. I saw pictures of him with just about everybody – politically everywhere I didn't have he had no core he had no core at all and so when I was thinking this guy has no core I thought I have a very strong core I have a very strong core all right right. I remember him saying that someone else must have challenged him on that one a very strong core so um you just didn't know where he was and I was the most confused man was I wrong and I am so glad I am wrong. I sit here today and I think, this guy's unbelievable. And even more confirmation after the State of the Union speech, which I thought he did an amazing job. Inspiring. He was inclusive. There's a great leftist word for you. And that's why I think the polls say that he would do great. He was inclusive and he was even presidential. His performance 
probably converted some critics. How could you, if you dropped out of an alien ship and landed in, in the uh, State of the Union speech and listened to him, would you know that he's some bombastic, arrogant Twitter, Twitter guy? No. You go, why does no one like him? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I was completely fooled by this. There were others. Look, Frank Luntz said, listen to what Frank Luntz said, but who had a run-in with him in 2015. That's what he said after the speech. He says, tonight I owe Donald Trump an apology. Tonight I was moved and inspired. Tonight I have hope and faith in America again. I may go away tomorrow, but tonight America is great. Even foreign policy, national security, his speech, his strength. This is Trump and his voters wanted him to be. Trump's State of the Union address represents the American president performance that Trump observers have been waiting for. Brilliant mix of numbers and stories. Humility, aggressiveness, traditional conservatism, political populism. In one word, wow. I got to tell you, I'm not too far removed from that statement. I mean, wow. But not only wow about his speech. I guess anyone can stand up there and look presidential for a while. Let's just look at what he's accomplished. What he's accomplished is, as the Heritage Foundation said, the best first year of any president in U.S. history since George Washington. Are you telling me we just compared Donald Trump to George Washington? Did I miss it that bad? That one of the greatest men ever who didn't want to be president, who, who struggled through a revolutionary war for the cause of freedom and liberty, who did things that you can possibly imagine having to live through, who experienced divine providence in ways that no one can understand for the sake of the country. We just compared him to Donald Trump. Man, I miss this horribly. Trump has done everything right. And by the way, before I even get to the list of things that Trump has done, that's amazing. Dennis Prager came out yesterday and said, my opposition to Donald Trump was wrong. He said, Trump doesn't give a crap about the press, what the press says about him. He only governs the way he feels he needs to principally govern. And quite frankly, that's what we needed. I was, I was thinking about this. Ted Cruz, who I ended up wanting at the end of the whole time frame. I'm not sure he could have done this. I even think Ted Cruz has a conscience about trying to appease people. I don't think Ted, Trump cares about anything about anyone thinks of him. And honestly, conservatism to survive in America, in our time, in our culture, needs someone exactly like Donald Trump that says, I don't care what you think about anything. This is the right way to go. And there are a large group of Americans who think in the exact same way. I don't raise my kids to be moral and productive to make someone else happy. I don't care what you think of my views of Christianity or anything else. I live my life because it's the right way to live my life. And most Americans are like that. And when they look at Trump, they see that. They see that reflection and they went, are you kidding me? Here's a guy who doesn't care what anyone thinks. Meanwhile, he does everything right, more so than any president since Washington, even Ronald Reagan. It's a miracle. I'm glad I missed it because it sure is fun to watch right now. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Scott Lee by himself behind the microphone with the Lee brothers. 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait. 
that's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Kind, compassionate, and intolerant. That was mainly Richard, and he's not here. He's in the hospital. I'm that way. I don't laugh. I'm perfectly capable of those things. Um, still praying for Richard as he is in the hospital, hoping to come back and uh, make the show at least 50% better. Um, all right, 81 – listen, the CBS News took a poll after the State of the Union. CBS News poll. What do you think that, pro- that came out with? You're thinking, oh, that's horrible. No, 81% who watched Trump's speech liked it. They think he was trying to unite the country, not divide it. That's amazing. So it wasn't just me that was amazed by this. This is a CBS News poll. 54% of the speech viewers polled think the policies the president addressed will help them personally. 32% said the policies would not affect them at all. So that's a big that's a big swing in the, in, the, in the way of the president. Also this, 91%, wow, of those polls said they'd favor Trump's policies on roads, bridges, and infrastructure. If that's even close to accurate, maybe these midterm elections that are coming up might just be different than we think. That's a big swing. All right, check us out on our page, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, takes you directly there. Fix Yourself First, phenomenal video. Democrats' reaction to the to the State of the Union, and booing God comes to mind for some reason. Check that video out at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you right to our page. And Obama and Clinton talked about illegal immigration even more so than Trump. Coming up, Democrats' reaction, mind-blowing. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. One of the best bump hits ever. It's a good song. Richard found that one too. Virginia Citizens and American Patriots, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left is Richard Lee. Of course, he's not here today. He is in uh, the hospital recovering from uh, pancreatic cancer surgery. And we covet your prayers, the Lee brothers do, and uh, please continue. We hope he will be back next Friday. Um, be a miracle, I think, because of what he's gone through and what he's going through. But um, we love him, and we are continue to pray for him. What do you do if you're at uh, a TRIA, Altria group today? which is one of the largest employers here in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, home of Jefferson, Madison, and Henry. There's, they're all getting $3,000 bonuses to all non-executive employees, thanks to the corporate tax cut, which we're told, by the way, wasn't going to help anyone, which is a giveaway to the wealthy and to the corporations, yet somehow it ends up in the hands, $3,000 bonus. Could you imagine? That's, that's huge. I mean, if, if this radio station's program director wants to walk in here and give me a $3,000 bonus. <laughs> I know. Mark starts laughing. I know. It's not going to happen. I would be okay with that. It would be phenomenal. And by the way, if I was a liberal Democrat 
that would be enough for me to be convinced that, you know what? That's amazing. I'm a Trump fan all of a sudden. And I, I'm just wondering, some Democrats are working for Altria. You have to be. You're a non-executive employee. You just got a $3,000 bonus check thanks to Trump's corporate tax cut. Does that change anything in your mind? Now, see, this is different than Obama giving things to people because this is a gift from a corporation, not from taking it from someone else first. You know, Democrats have this idea, oh, I can buy votes too. I can give you free health care. I can give you a free phone. I can give you free whatever. But that comes from your neighbor. Now, you don't think it's stealing from your neighbor. You would never walk over to your neighbor's door and knock on it and go, hey, I want you to pay for my college education or my health care. You would never do that. But you vote for people who do, and their names usually have a D after them. This case is different. Trump cuts taxes for corporations and individuals, which by definition means you keep or the corporations keep more of their hard-earned money, which is their property, which is the definition of freedom and liberty, and then they freely give it. That isn't a gift that Trump is giving. That is freedom expanded. I'm just saying, Altria, employees, 454-1366, you embrace this? Are you now a... Are you a never-Trumper that's turned into a Trumper? Are you a liberal Democrat who can't stand Trump but certainly will cash the check? Or will you send it back? No, by all means. I mean, if you're a true liberal, you shouldn't want this money. Send it back to the corporation. Let them keep it. Or you hate corporations, too. I forgot that. You hate the corporations that hire you, and you hate getting tax cuts to the wealthy who hire you. It must be a tough world to live in. I'm, I'm serious, though. 454-1366, just change your mind at all on Donald Trump as you get a $3,000 bonus to non-executive employees. It's phenomenal. I mean, could you imagine the impact just in the uh, Richmond area? What if you own a business here in the, in the capital of the Commonwealth? Are you excited that Altria employees just got $3,000? What do you think they're going to do with that? Well, first of all, it doesn't matter what they're going to do. It's not our job, even as government people, to determine what an employee's going to do with $3,000. They can do whatever they want with it. They can save it, which is good for capital. They can go spend it, which is good for whoever's selling, um, whatever you're selling, sofas. Um, it's a down payment on a car, clother, clothes, restaurants. Just think, you can now go to Richmond restaurants and pay more taxes to help the school, <laughs> which that story's coming up at 430, which is absurd. Trump. Trump just helped the capital of the Commonwealth. Trump has reached down with his magic miracle wand that I didn't think he was possible of doing, gave Altria Group a, a corporate tax cut, and they passed it on to you, and Richmond's going to benefit from that. How many employees is that? How many? I wish I don't know this, but I'm wondering how many Altria Group are non-executive employees work here in Richmond and are getting a nice big $3,000 check to spend any way they want. The impact of that? is good. America, great again. Put the red hat on. All right, some people who can't. MSNBC's Joy Reid. This woman, I can't even explain this woman. After the um, State of the Union speech, here's what she said. She tweeted, this is so diametrically opposed to everything that is America, our traditions, 
the things that have made civilization great, I can't even fathom someone would say this. MSNBC host Joy Reid said, quote, church, family, police, military, the national anthem, Trump trying to call on all the, the tropes of the 1950s era nationalism. The goal of this speech appears to force the nationalism of Trump on the terms of a bygone era his supporters are nostalgic about. Wow. I'm nostalgic about church, family, police and the military, the national anthem. Oh, forgive me for liking those things. Those are a bygone era? 1950s nationalism? Let me just let's go through this again here. Uh, church. Man, kind of a good foundation for a civilization, don't you think? Treat your neighbor better than uh, as you would like to be treated. Consider others better than yourself. Kind of crazy. Who would go to a church that, why, why do we want that taught to people? Family. Oh, another threat. Another threat to Joy Reid. You liberals, you can't stand the idea of family. Oh, because you think it means tradition. Whatever it means, in your mind, you have a negative reaction to family? Church and family. First two she mentions that she's got a problem. Police. Man, I, I, I guess I grew up with a different mentality. I always thought the police were, I don't know, on my side. They were the ones helping. I remember as a kid, I always was told, go to find a policeman if you need help. They're the good guys. Military? You know what? I thought we had beat back this disgust and disdain for uh, the military. Alive and well at MSNBC at least in the heart of Joy Reid, which I guess she finds home at MSNBC. The national anthem. She is literally upset that Trump used these words to address lawmakers? Would you, would you prefer that he uses the words that maybe liberals are familiar with? I don't know, like celebrating the fact that a woman gave the middle finger to the Trump camp, to the Trump uh uh, the, the, the Trump caravan, uh, cara, um, that's the word I'm looking for, Mark. Trump caravan, yeah, whatever. That's what liberals celebrate. They bring her on talk shows and talk about how great it is to flip off the President of the United States. Use the F word. That's what liberals embrace. But how dare you say church, family, police, military? How dare you say these things in the State of the Union? Talk about a screwed up train. I don't even know how liberals think. Is that really... What is in the mind of these people? Meanwhile, the same MSNBC host has that view. A Michigan Democrat was playing Candy Crush during the State of the Union on her cell phone. <laughs> you know, I thought cell phones impacted the teenagers in a negative way. But apparently they're congressmen in the State of the Union playing candy. Barbara Lawrence, a Democrat from Michigan, decided a video game deserved more attention than the president's. Could you imagine a republic? If this would have happened when Obama was given his perfection speeches from a podium that looked all professional, as someone was playing Candy Crush, it was a Republican, we would, MSNBC would just torture that guy or whoever it was. Most people don't even know this happened. Except we have pictures of it. I mean, nice pictures. Can't, I don't know what the score is on this. It's hard to read that. But 
I don't, you know, I've never even played two seconds of this worthless game. Talk about a society wasting our life away and this face, putting our face in these stupid phones and iPads. We even have Congress now doing it. Is Candy Crush that big a deal? Have you ever played it, Mark? Have you ever played Candy Crush? Never? No? You, do you know what it game? You don't even know what it is? It's a phone, yeah, it's something for the phone. I don't know what Candy Crush is either. I really don't know the purpose of the game. Is it a color-matching game? Does it have to do with candy? Is, is, is it about candy? What, what's, what's the crush here? I don't, I don't quite understand it, but a Michigan Democrat uh, overlooked the entire uh, Trump thing. And, um, oh, we're looking it up now. Oh, that's what it, so you move candy around the screen. Is this a big wave that's hit America that I've missed? Candy is that the is that how it sounds on the on your phone? Sweet. How <laughs> insane is that? Well, this this obviously this Michigan Democrat congressman is um, doing a worthy thing for her constituents. Candy Crush, beautiful. All right, coming up. <laughs> I know. Uh, we've got to discuss this sexual harassment policy that has been uh, voted on in the House. See if it really makes a difference. And your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers on AM 820, 97.7 FM, WNTW. <laughs> now see, I recognize that. That's Pac-Man. Do they even have that on phones anymore? Maybe this worthless congressman from Michigan could have been playing that game instead of Candy Crush. I guarantee you that game is better than Candy Crush. Maybe someone can enlighten me. 454-1366, 454-1366. I don't even know if they have Pac-Man anymore. I guess you could. Can you get that on your phone? I mean, I'm serious. If you could, I want to know because I'll put Pac-Man on my phone. I'm going to send it over to this. Word. By the way, I, someone emailed me and said I think it's a congresswoman. No. No, because that word doesn't exist. It's congressmen, and it's generic across the board. It's like chairman. Chairman could be a male or female. Congressman could be a male or female. There's no such word as congresswoman. There's no such word as chairwoman. There's not. It, yes, it's a her, but it's a congressman. I remember, uh, I think it was um, Marsha Blackburn, who was at the Day Bright event. I was emceeing this thing, and, 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 I inter- and she had in her website congressman. Congressman Blackburn. I thought that was interesting. Here's a woman that's not, who understands that the word congressman is generic. Anyway, this, this whacked lady should, uh, her constituents ought to fire her for playing Candy Crush at the, um, at the State of the Union. Hey, I just got a, uh, an email from John at Patriots at the Leebrothers.com who told me that there are 39 employees at Altria Group that got the $3,000 bonus. That is a bolt of smash cash flow into the capital of the commonwealth thank you donald trump thank you republicans and i guess we really don't know what to say to every democrat that voted against them including donald mckeechan who is a congressman who voted against the tax bill hmm um and then bobby scott who voted against the tax bill. i guess they're not for the little guy how else would you define the non-executive employees at the altria group would you call them hard-working americans the little guy looking out for those who are having inequality. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how the left would paint them. But 
the left voted against them. Altria likes the fact that they got a tax break, passed it on to their 3,900 employees, and everyone in the capital of the Commonwealth will feel it. Kind of feels good, doesn't it? Oh, by the way, did you see this other story about these uh, other benefit Hostess. Hostess is doing some of the same kind of thing. Hostess brand announced it will give workers a one-time bonus of $1,200 and a free year of snacks. <laughs> Where's Richard on this one? He would absolutely love He's like, and I miss this. Richard would love to work at Hostess for this very reason. They are, um, this is how it'll work. Each week of the year, a representative from one of the company's bakeries will choose a particular product. Employees get to take a box home for free. It's kind of nice. So it has a sweet ring to it in, in that way. All right, I got to bring you up to date on this, on this uh, General Assembly move here. The Virginia House has approved a sexual harassment policy. That for some reason, it was, there was a big heated debate over it. The Virginia House passed 88 to 10 yesterday to require mandatory sexual harassment training for General Assembly members and their staffers. Now, I, I for one, this is, I don't want anyone to take this wrong. I think sexual harassment is a serious problem, and it should be addressed. And I guarantee you it's addressed. If it happens in the General Assembly building, believe me, it will be taken care of. I, for one, do not think that sexual harassment training is the answer to this. There should be dirtbag training somehow. I mean, but that usually happens in the home, and then you grow up, and then there's such things as dirtbags, and there's such thing as not. And no training of any kind can remove the dirtbag. You're telling me that if you're prone to sexual harassing women, that you're going to go to a mandatory sexual harassment training and go, holy crap, what was I thinking? I am so glad that I sat in this class and realized it was wrong to treat women this way. You don't need a class for this? I, Mark, do you need a class for this? All right, see, Mark's got it figured out. He never went through a class. I guarantee you I could ask every single 100 of them, House of Delegates members, to come in the studio, and I could ask them, are you telling me you're prone to sexual harassment unless you have this training? And every one of them will say, no, absolutely not. To which my next question is, then why does this matter? You mean to tell me that you've got to have – this is – Nothing but smoke and mirrors. This is fluff. Makes you feel good. We're going to train grown men in their 40s. I don't know what the youngest House of Delegates is. I don't know. Maybe it's 30. We're going to train grown human beings who have lived at least 30 years of their life up to whatever the oldest age is, 70, now. Because before the training happened, there are sexual deviants. But now that we've established a sexual harassment training program in the General Assembly, we've solved all the problems. 88 of the 100 voted for this. So the question is, is you voted for it because you think it, you think that it's actually going to do something? Or did you vote for it because you think, well, if I don't vote for this, <laughs> you imagine voting against this right now? People are like, oh, you're for sexual harassment. I, this is the kind of stuff, quite honestly, it just makes me sick to my stomach. Because we can't address the real issue. The real issue is there are serious dirtbags. And we know who they are, and we'll find them quickly. And we'll get rid of them unless, you know, we can hide them and say that 
their actions in the Oval Office are irrelevant. Who cares about the blue dress? Then we look the other way, or they're for the same party. Then we look the other way. I wonder what's so funny about all this sexual harassment stuff that when Clinton was part of it, no one seemed to care that she was 21 and he was 95 or however old it was. That's the ultimate epitome of sexual harassment. I'm, I am convinced this will make zero impact on anything because a dirtbag is a dirtbag. Am I wrong? 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820, 97.7 FM. It just occurred to me. Well, it occurred to me with the help of Mark. Uh, it's possible that the General Assembly was lobbied with an HR type of sexual harassment curriculum. And they're like... Hey, you do this, and then you can do this, and the house of the clerk of the house gets to run it. I mean, who knows what happened there? All right, coming up, who is Nick Freitas? He's running against Kane. And normally, he's going to talk about the FBI's pension program, why that matters with the memo, all that dead ahead. Check us out at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, takes you directly to our page. More about Richard. Top of the hour, your phone calls, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Where is the best news and talk? AM 820 WNTW Chester is the answer. Normally, he's going to join me talk about the FBI pensions and the memo and so much more. Have you seen Jonathan Young's proposal for Richmond schools? Cuts, baby. He cuts everything, goes right to the schools. I love it. I'll tell you more about it this hour. And Tim Kaine, his biggest challenger might, might be Nick Freitas. That's next. Virginia Citizens and American Patriots, the only two-headed talk show in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. My name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee is uh, is not here this week. And if you've been uh, paying attention to the Lee brothers and, and uh, other places, you'll see that Richard is in the hospital. And uh, we covet your prayers for him as he's recovering from um, pancreatic cancer. His pancreas was taken out. His gallbladder was taken out. His spleen was taken out. The man is walking hollow uh, but he is um, in recovery. He came out of ICU a couple days ago. He is um, in a regular hospital room now and able to walk every now and then. He's in pain, but he covers your prayers as we, uh, as a family, struggle through uh, one of the biggest surgeries uh, that you can possibly imagine and how it might change your life. He's got, he's got more tubes and things coming out of him, and yet his spirits are, are just incredible. Just an amazing tribute to what kind of man he truly is. And as I've mentioned in the 3 o'clock hour, I mean, God has a way of, if I've always told him, bringing his toughest soldiers into his toughest battles. And Richard's a, a true fighter and uh, an amazing human being. And uh, he is handling this <laughs> in a ways I can't even explain to you. It, it, he's like a beacon of light in every situation. You know, here I am complaining that I stubbed my toe on, you know, this morning or something. I mean, it's just perspective. 
we take for granted that we get up in the morning and just go about our day. And we forget that we should be on our knees every morning thinking, Lord, thank you for just health and be with those who are struggling. And, um, and then in, in Richard's case, uh, an amazing soldier called to a great battle. And um, he's got my prayers. I covet yours. Continue to pray for Richard. This is an election year. <laughs> Most people are like, yeah. Well, every year, every year in Virginia is an election year. And this year we've got, uh, we're going to try to take on Tim Kaine. And please, oh, please, Lord, if you're, if you're praying, <laughs> please pray for that one. Tim Kaine is, um, is known for, well, wanting more of your tax dollars. I mean, uh, we are giving away in the tax code about $1.3 trillion a year. Okay, you know Hillary what, you know, Clinton's right hand person. Yeah, I know that. One. But if it yeah. offends a group of okay. people, it's time right, to change right, your right, name. Right, we get all that. You know what he meant by that, by the way? That we're giving away in the tax code millions and millions of dollars? What he was saying was that you, the taxpayer, were able to keep that money. And Tim King's view was we're giving it away. This guy has to be stopped. Tim Kane is a man who as you just heard, doesn't even know what gender he is. I mean, Hillary I Clinton's right-hand person. <laughs> right-hand person? I think you're Hillary Clinton's right-hand man. I'm pretty sure. Maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm confused by that. I just don't know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, see, you're shocked, too. You missed it horribly. And we talked about all the welcoming of the— Creating more welcoming commonwealth. Yeah, see, that's always been liberal talking points. Tim Kaine is the biggest of all liberals, but he has a, a, a bunch of different opponents. We've got three people who have already— decided they're going to run for U.S. Senate. But there's one I want to bring your attention to, if I may, here. Um, and this is, this, is, uh, this is going to be interesting because as we begin to look at Nick Freitas, I'm, I'm actually impressed. And he's a younger guy um, with a very mature view of freedom and liberty. He's been endorsed by Senator Mike Lee who wrote an amazing book, by the way, called Lost Constitution. If you do yourself, if you buy any book in the next week or so, buy that book, Lost Constitution by Senator Mike Lee. He's endorsed Nick Freitas. So as Rand Paul. Rand Paul said, quote, as a Green Beret and delegate in the Virginia State Legislature, Nick Freitas has more to prove to be a man of, has more than proven to be a man of integrity and is dedicated to preserving liberty and the conservative values you and I hold dear. He just might be. Uh, a very interesting candidate here. Nick Freitas, who are you? I picked this up in an interview with FreedomWorks with Matt Kibbe. I think what animates me is, again, I, I have a deep philosophical conviction of the concept of, of individual liberty and human freedom. Hang on a second. When's the last time you heard someone talk that way? I mean, seriously. What politician goes, I have an amazing view of liberty and freedom? I mean, it used to be people talk that way. It used to be in our founding time, men spoke this way all the time. This is how everyone spoke about liberty and freedom. Someone who wasn't saying government should be bigger, government should take from these people and give to these people. No one says that. But listen to how he opens up this statement. I think what animates me is, again, I, I have a deep philosophical conviction of the concept of, of individual liberty and human freedom. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, do I need to go any further? I mean, who, whoever says that obviously has in the view that government would be a problem because government is the, uh, the, the exact enemy of those things he just mentioned. When government gets bigger, freedom gets smaller. 
by definition. Jefferson said, a government that that's, that's so big that can give you everything can take it away. All right, let me let, me let Nick continue. And so when, when you look at government, especially the, the modern political narrative within the United States, it seems to be varying degrees of, of statism. And um, when I look at what free people are allowed to or, or able to accomplish when government is there to protect their liberty and their property rights instead of trying to micromanage or trying to fix or, or develop solutions from D.C. or, or uh, wherever else it may be, again, I, it's just incredible what people can accomplish. Not government, but people. Would you like to see a debate between him and, and uh, Tim Kaine? Tim Kaine has never met a government program he didn't like. He's never introduced a, a program, uh, an idea that reduced the size of government. Tim Kaine believes in government. Tim Kaine believes in him as the king of everything and the king of you. And you're the serfs and the peasants. Nick Freitas says, wait a second, that's diametrically opposed to the American ideals. He even went crazy, or he went further to define himself in the next clip. I think probably the most accurate is, is a liberty-minded conservative, because that really speaks to an inherent philosophy. Because it's, it's great to talk about the Constitution, I love the Constitution, but there were certain ideas and philo philosophical principles that made the Constitution possible. And those, I think, are rooted in the concept of liberty. When I think of, obviously, the Constitution, I'm talking about a contract a contract that was signed by the states and the federal government and, and the creation of the federal government. You, you find this interesting and refreshing? I mean, this is uh, a new face in politics. He's only been uh, a House—I think this is his first term as a House— well, maybe it's his second. Someone could help me with that, 454-1366. It's refreshing. Nick Freitas here is talking about liberty. He's saying, look, your main, your main goal should be— to free you from government regulation, not to increase it. And I look at it as a legally binding document. I, I think it's interesting when Supreme Court justices talk about how uh, this, the uh, Constitution evolves uh, or based off of um, evolving standards of decency or it's a living document. And I always look at it as, no, it's a legal document. I'm pretty sure if your bank came in and told you that, hey, we're going to raise the percentage rate on your mortgage because of evolving standards of decency, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Supreme Court justices would be pretty upset by that. So it's a, it's a contract. That's what the Constitution is, and that's incredibly important, especially as we look at the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, with respect to what is the scope of the federal government and what is the role that it is supposed to play in our lives. Brilliant. Now, I'm not saying Nick Freitas is the answer to everything here, but when you start thinking about a comparison, a contrast, which is going to have to be, you're going to have to have a massive contrast between Tim Kaine and Nick Freitas, so much so that even the people in Northern Virginia have been to go, hmm, wait a second here. I know my whole livelihood depends on this huge statism that is surrounded by a beltway, but, man, I certainly like these ideas of more liberty and freedom. Your thoughts on Nick Freitas and more clips dead ahead. 454-1366, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM820. 97.7 FM, The Answer. And my guess is Nick Freitas will fight alongside with us. More on the, on his race against Tim King coming up this year. But first, let me just, can I just say thank you to all the emails at patriots at theleebrothers.com for Richard. Getting just emails from people we haven't heard from in a long time that are praying for Richard and his recovery from pancreatic cancer. He's had his pancreas removed, his gallbladder removed, his spleen removed. 
and he's still in the hospital after a week of eight-hour surgery last Friday, actually a week ago today, and then um, and then he's still there uh, even now as he's working to recover. And our prayer is that he'll be back here next week with me and the only two-headed talk show in Richmond. Right now, it's just me, Scott Lee, Dave from Enon. You're on with uh, me, Scott Lee, 820 WNTW. Hey, Dave. Yes, Scott, good afternoon. First of all, best wishes, and uh, my prayers go out for uh, Richard's uh, Thank you. recovery Thank you. and return to your, uh, to your left side there. <laughs> I've got a couple of uh, comments about the uh, observations about the State of the Union speech. Yeah, go ahead. You know, when the camera would pan to the uh, Democrat side, I have not seen so many stone faces as the last PBS program I watched about the Moai on uh, Vanuatu. <laughs> and uh, for Democrats out there, that's, those are the ancient statues on uh, Easter Island. And Steny Hoyer, he looked like he just found out that his mother-in-law was coming to uh, live with him, and his mother-in-law turned out to be Nancy Pelosi. He's sitting right next to him. So I could understand why he had a, a sour look on his face. And uh, the guy... Uh, that ran out before the uh, speech was over. Oh, uh, unbelievable. Gutierrez, you know, just no class. No was, class. was that after with a chant, USA, USA, yes, he got up and yes, left? And uh, I think the reason they're so upset is because uh, Trump has done in one year what uh, Obama could not do in eight. And that sort of dispels the uh, mystique about uh, surrounding Obama, that he's good for the black uh, community. So, you know, the policies are not color they're not i mean a tax no, cut is not. good for everyone i mean it's not like you have tax cuts only good for white people or tax cuts good for other people policy that's what i've always said i mean look the argument is about policies and policies are not uh identity politics they're not i mean i'd love to go into any community and argue for the principles of liberty and freedom because i think they resonate with all people no matter who well, you they are should, they should but the democrats don't uh, operate that way and uh, where did tim kane learn to clap i <laughs> mean where do you learn to clap? Oh, oh, yeah. Did, did you see, it, it, it was uh, unbelievable. You know, but anyway, thank you uh, for all you do for conservatism. And, well, you uh, bet, Dave. Once and again, uh, best wishes. Let me, uh, do you have an honorary Lee Brother bumper sticker? Yes, I do. Ooh, and a jacket. Well, and a uh, pullover. Wow. Yeah. Really? Phenomenal. Yeah. I don't even have a pullover. How'd you get that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we played golf one time down at uh, Keith. Oh. oh, phenomenal. That's great. Blue ball, ball open. That was years that was fun. and years yeah, ago. That was fun. Wow. Uh, you invited me and uh, Officer Duell from the uh, Chesterfield Police to play with you. We had a great time. That was uh, that wow was memories. Thanks for that memory. That's phenomenal, yeah. Dave. Thank you, sir. All right, you're welcome. Yep. Thank you. Godspeed to you. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Man, I'm caught in that memory for a second. Those uh, those days were. By the way, I'm a much better golfer now than I was then, Dave. I hope you're not judging me. And if I remember correctly, it was bitter cold then. And actually, I think we did pretty good. Richard won something out of the – it was like closest to the pin or or something on that on that trip also, which was uh, spectacular. Good memory. Um, yeah, the stone-cold face of the left is just amazing to me. How could you not cheer certain – if Obama – if I'm sitting in Obama listening to the president of the United States, not an enemy of mine, a president of the United States. Do I disagree with him? Absolutely. But he's the president of the United States. Not the president of China. He's not the president of Cuba. I mean, there's policies that he promoted that could have been. But that's not the point. The point is he's the president of the United States. If Obama said, if he stood up and said, America is the greatest country on the planet, I would have stood up and cheered. 
the Democrats showed who they are. They're bitter, angry people. And most of the time, the left is. They're nasty, the most intolerant people. Meanwhile, this is the thing. If you walk around saying, I'm tolerant, most of the time, they're not. They're the most intolerant, angry of people. As Richard always says, they're the ones in your, you can see the bumper stickers, and they're biting the steering wheel. They just hate everything. They're angry. They're mad. They're always bitter. Nothing's ever right. America's unjust. It's a horrible place to be. And they've been brought up to hate, hate the country. Can you imagine living that way? Imagine not standing when the President of the United States says America is the best place on the planet. Imagine being so full of, of pol- politics, of disgust, of anger, that you're so fogged in that you can't stand for that. You can't stand when the unemployment rate is down for everyone. It makes you mad. Would you like it to be high? I mean, I think most of America, seriously, is thinking today and yesterday and most of this week going, man, I just don't know that party. I mean, I understand politics and issues and how you could be on a different side of it. I mean, maybe, you know, you're on the left and you maybe like to raise the minimum wage or whatever it is. But certainly, aren't there things that bind us, that make us right and whole as Americans? Isn't there anything that the crazy leftist Democrats that we saw in the State of the Union wouldn't say, yes, this is what unites us? Even chanting USA doesn't unite us? There's no hope. It's a dark place to be. Man, like I said, an alien parachutes in. What side do you want to be a part of? The one that's cheering America or the one that's despising and hating everybody? Your phone call's next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820 97.7 FM. The answer. Do you remember at the uh, Democratic Convention probably eight years ago, they actually booed God. They wanted God in the uh, in their um, platform, and they booed him out. You can see a little bit of that video and the Democrats' reaction to the State of the Union at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. takes you directly there. What party would do that? The party that obviously despised everything that came out of Trump's mouth, even if he you know, says two plus two plus four, they boo, that can't be right. But to boo God in their platform and then to make the display that they did is unbelievable. You can see that video and more at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, takes you to that video. The Obama Clintons were tough on illegal aliens. You'll see that video. And Fix Yourself, a phenomenal, phenomenal video that is good for your heart, all at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. You see the story about this passenger on United that tried to take this peacock on the plane this emotional support peacock onto a plane united told her three times you can't take this bird on the plane it's a huge big bird she bought a seat for the bird an emotional support peacock i must tell you this woman is a democrat there's no way this comes from conservative thought nobody thinks a peacock is emotional support when quite honestly democrats are emotional They are wrapped around emotional. I guarantee you to pin this woman down and go, who do you vote for? You quickly find out that her and her bird are both full of feathers. All right, coming up, Norm Leahy's going to join me. We're going to talk about a little about the FBI, their pension, and what really happened with the memo. And most of all, Richmond City Schools. Should you boycott restaurants who don't want higher taxes? Insanity. All that. 
Dead ahead in your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. The Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, The Answer. You can't play that music after that bump. This is when I'm using the Second Amendment. (laughs) Virginia citizens and American patriots. My name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left. Sometimes my far left is Richard Lee, who is not here in the studio. Just me, by myself, praying for Richard as he's uh, recovering from a very intensive and uh, uh, surgery. And uh, he is in our, our uh, prayers here today. And through the next week as he recovers, our hope is a miracle. He'll be sitting right here to my left again next week as we, um, we do the radio program right here in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe has left the Bureau. Of course, he left with this huge cloud over him, but, you know, surely that's okay because if he left, he gets the silver lining. His federal pension, which could pay out $1.9 million. How can I get a gig like that? Joining me right now is Norm Leahy. He is a contributor and columnist for Washington Post and Real, Real Clear Investigations. Hey, Norm. Hey, Scott. How are you, man? Good. Good to talk to you, man. I, I miss you. We need to talk more. I, I try. I send notes. You never called. What oh, can I do? I probably should I put you back on my work. phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> um, interesting article here. I want to have you on talk about this. And by the way, this is before we get to the restaurant thing here in Richmond and the whole school thing. I want to talk to you about that because you live it just like I do right here in the yeah. capital. Um, I saw this and I thought, wait a second. You've done this is your article. I mean, you've investigated this, you looked at this. Please tell me this isn't right. Is he getting a 1.9 uh, million I mean, could that be? Well, that's a lifetime benefit of his payout. Uh he could he'll get and be able to cash checks of about uh, around $56,000 a year. Now that's assuming that he also doesn't collect money from the government's from the federal government's equivalent of a 401k into which he could have stuffed $18,000 a year and got a 5% match from the feds. So he could be able to uh, draw from that, too, at some point. But uh, McCabe is about 49 years old. He's going to be stepping out of office after 21 years' service. He's also doing it with a twist. He's taking accrued leave time before he formally retires in March. Typically, federal regulations frown on that. You're not supposed to do that. But there are apparently a couple of little loopholes in which you take all your recruit leave time, show up on your last day, it counts, and your checks start coming. And this is one of the things about uh, federal pensions like his and like, uh, you remember Lois Lerner? Oh, yeah. uh, At the IRS? Oh, sure. Yeah, she's, her pension is about $102,000 a year because she clocked 34 years in federal service. And remember, she left under a big cloud, too. Uh, the uh, House wanted to uh, bring her up on charges for obstructing an investigation, uh, yet she managed to retire. She gets her pension, too. The darn thing about this is, and the reason that— uh, It's making me mad, by the way. I'm getting upset, but continue. Well, you should because you're paying for it. And uh, my editors uh, had me to write this story because if you want to find out 
what anybody in the federal government is getting as a pension, pension that you pay for, that you take the risk for, uh, you can't do it. And the ironic thing is you can go and uh, find out how much they make as a wage. You can find out uh, how much they are paid to do their job. But once they retire, you can't find that out. That's secret. It's protected by privacy laws, court cases. And so for years, people have been trying to get this, at least 40 years. It's a con. And the big target, well, the biggest target, of course, is to find out how much members of Congress are getting as pensions. And that's always been a huge problem. And for years, even uh, members of Congress, some of whom went to the big house for various and sundry federal offenses, were collecting their pensions <laughs> right. while sitting in jail. Now, that changed in 2007, but they can still get some of the money that they put into it. So, you know, the thing about this is the federal government's pension program is has got about a three and a half trillion dollar unfunded, unfunded. liability. Unfunded. Yeah, but this is right. But Norm, you and I are getting something similar. I mean, we've worked hard in the private sector. We've got, well, we have nothing like a pension like, but we have a. Yeah, this isn't. This is so abnormal. It's just ridiculous. It doesn't exist in the real world. They don't live no, in the no, real no. world. This is the this is a world that they made. That's their little inclusive world, and us serfs and peasants can peer. We can look in, you know, over the beltway and kind of peer over there and go, "What's going on with those people?" Man, what well, a gig! Yeah. What's a? How can well, I get one of those jobs? I mean, that's incredible. Well, you know, the thing is, you have to put up with being a federal worker, which is in in some cases uh, for people who actually do hard work, uh, you know, like <laughs> uh, resurfacing roads and whatnot, is no picnic. But if you're uh, in in one of the perfumed princes on the Potomac, then yeah, you can do well for yourself. You make a six figure salary. You 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 have the health benefits when you retire too. It's a great gig. But all of the money that's paid out for it, funded by you, me, and the guy behind the tree, is 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 top secret. And God help you if you try to find out what a congressman gets, because that's double top secret. I think the thing that you mentioned here that. You know, it's maddening enough that what we know about it happens. But then there's this unfunded part that literally is massive debt, and there's no way to stop that. I mean, it, that's— Well, no, no. And people have tried to reform the system. They've tried to put, have workers put even more skin in the game. And, of course, uh, employees, uh, the federal employees' unions fight back against that uh, a lot because they are vocal and they're very organized and they're very effective at what they do. Uh, Jerry Connolly, for example, in Northern Virginia, one of their prime defenders. Uh, why? Because a lot of federal workers in his in his district. Oh, sure, it's loaded. Yeah. So trying, try, and, and the thing that gets me about uh, McCabe too, Scott. He's younger than me, and he's retiring from a job, and he's going to get a pension that's worth at least fifty-six grand a year. He can still go out and get another job <laughs> and still get his pension. It's unbelievable. I mean, not even airline pilots can do that kind of stuff. And those dudes are awesome. I was going to say, but, at least they deserve it. <laughs> at least they work hard. I mean, they fly me from there to there, and I'm safe. It's amazing. Yeah. What do these guys do yeah. for me? Well, yeah, they literally have their life, your life in their hands. And so, okay, I don't begrudge them that. But, you know, McCabe, you know, one of the reasons that he left is because there's the rumor going around D.C., the, the Department of Justice Inspector General is doing a big report on the uh, on the whole Hillary Clinton email fiasco that James Comey got involved in. That's going to touch October, everybody. Right yeah. And apparently McCabe, the rumor is, came off is coming off very badly in that report. 
So it's not a matter of it's a good time to leave. Get my pension. It's a good time to leave and get the pension before the hammer falls. Unbelievable. So yeah, this is right. just a little look inside of the things that you and I pay for. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, thank you for bringing that to us. I feel much yeah, better. I yeah, I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes me feel good. Hey, speaking of feeling good, you know, I'm getting a little hungry. I thought about restaurants. I was looking for the restaurant signs that say they're they're in favor of the meals tax, so that we could ostracize and ban the ones and don't go in them that are against. Is there is there a scarlet letter on restaurants now that um, if you're against the meals tax for the children? That uh, that you can't you can't go in there. I, I, I'm amazed at this statement. This is unbelievable. This was a uh, political appointee of Mayor Lavar Stoney, Cindy Men's Herb. She had been going to. Uh, he had appointed her to join the uh, the school uh, financing board, uh, the board that's going to look at how to fix the schools. Well, she withdrew her uh, nomination uh, yesterday when all of this <laughs> stuff sure. blew up about the, the email that she sent around. <laughs> saying that we should only, this is a quote from her email, we should only patronize restaurants that support the meals tax. There will be signs for restaurants to display soon, but in the meantime, just ask if they support it. And if not, boycott them. <laughs> that is, I mean, I, for a second I thought I was reading Animal Farm. Right, you know, exactly. Or like bad. So, it, but, and, and then the other thing that gets me too is she had been an interim member of the Richmond School Board, which tells you a lot about the dysfunction of Richmond schools in that regard. Insane. But this whole meals tax thing is just nuts because what Stoney is doing is he's trying to raise tax money so that he can increase the city's bonding authority, which means so they can get more debt, so that they can fix the schools, but he's not going to have enough money to fix the schools. So he's going to have to raise other taxes. You know, he's talking about, oh, I'll raise the cigarette tax. Oh, well, eventually he'll raise every tax that he sure can he find. Will. Absolutely. And, well, don't matter. It doesn't matter if it works. His heart is huge. That's what all matters. But, His intentions. Well, and, of course, he distanced himself from this. But the latest scuttlebutt is that all of this is sort of the, the grand plan so that in a couple of weeks at another city council meeting, they can ram through the meals tax increase. Yes. So is there is, are there really signs that are being restaurants will display soon, or is that made up too? Are, are they really going to? Do you know anything about that? That was the plan. I don't know <laughs> whose plan it was. I don't know what what queer little corner oh, of the world unbelievable. those things. But you know, it's almost like you know, uh, you know, I, I, I've got the armband on, and look, I'm, I'm at a party. Look at me. I'm I'm awesome. But this is also insane. Richmond is one of the has one of the most diverse and thriving restaurant scenes in the country, and Stoney wants to throttle them. He does for no good reason than he can. But worse, it, worse. Not only does he want to throttle them, he wants them. Well, he doesn't. But this email suggests that he wants them to embrace being it throttled. To come out and say, oh, I'm all in favor. Tax me more so you leave me. I'll put a sign up saying I'm in favor of it, only so that you'll pay. It, uh, it is the craziest story that is not even talked about. I mean, this, this should have made national news. We have been a joke. Well, yeah, it is a joke because the other thing what it does is it, it, when you combine that with the, uh, the the sales tax, I think it would raise the tax to 11 or 12 percent on a meal, yeah. which, is, which is insane, which all it does is drive business out into the counties where the taxes are lower. Exactly. And a lot of restaurateurs in Richmond, of course, are against this. Some are, are for it. Because some people are obviously for, you know, 
cutting off their own feet. I, <laughs> these people exist. They've always existed. They've always existed. And I don't understand it. The no, thing well, that don't, I find fast, don't try to, Norm. Don't try to. Well, no, I, I, I personally don't do it because I uh, don't think I've got my chainsaw ready yet. But That's right. it's right, one but. of the things you got to think about. Stoney's got statewide ambitions. How this plays out, that's going to be fascinating to watch. Oh, we'll watch it indeed and have you back. Thanks, bud. Appreciate you very much. All right. Thanks, Scott. Yep, that's care. Norm Leahy. He is a columnist for the Washington Post and Real Clear Investigations. <laughs> I was waiting for the, you're a great American, but Richard's not even here. How do I do this? Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. 454-1366. The left is a bunch of bullies. Oh, you don't want to have the meals tax raised in the restaurant that you run? That's okay. We can fix this. We're going to boycott you. We're going to bring signs out. We're going to put them in the restaurants that want the tax increase. And then we're going to... We're going to tell everyone to boycott you and go into those those restaurants. The left is a bu- and I was thinking about this. They're bullies about every time there's tax cuts and tax increases of some sort, they make you feel guilty about it. You know, the toughest thing for any politician to do. Let me rephrase that. The most gutless thing for a politician is to raise taxes. It's easy, it's simple. The hard thing for a politician is to actually cut things actually stick their face in the budget, make hard decisions, which, by the way, they're paid to do. But politicians are gutless. They'll find the easiest path out. The easiest path out is a tax increase. And then when you don't support it, they're like, crap, don't make me do hard stuff. Don't make me. I want to blame you for the problem. You see, the reason Richmond City Schools are in such desperate straits is because you don't pay enough in taxes. We're going to figure it out. Don't worry. We're going to find a way to tax you here and there and everywhere else. And then if you object to it, you just don't like kids. It's an amazing turn of events. The left is a bunch of bullies. They'll bully you in social media. If you don't want to bake a cake, you're going to get bullied to death right out of your business. They would rather destroy a restaurant that hires people that's not supporting the tax increase. And make no mistake, this, is just, this isn't just this woman in her crazy email. This is the view of the left. This is how they think. Except something happened this week, too, at the Richmond School Board that I thought, this is interesting. They went and looked at the budget, and they were tinkering with the proposed budget, which, is, by the way, is $301.6 million, and includes a 2% pay increase for all employees. Really? That should be in there? And a 4% health and care increase. Well, if you've got, I thought the kids were most important here. I thought it was all about the schools, but now you got all these increases for all employees. And look, if you've got a budget problem, can you give a pay in, uh, an increase to your employees? In the private sector, they don't do that stuff. In the public sector, where there's unlimited funds coming in, you can raise taxes for anything. Why not do it? But there's someone sitting on the school board that dropped my attention. This guy's name's Jonathan Young. He's the fourth district school board member. I don't know where that is. Forgive me, I should know this. In fact, I don't know anything about this, this Jonathan Young guy. But he's got a proposal that, God, honestly, I looked at this and I went, you kidding me? Where'd this come from? This is unbelievable. He wants to think differently. In other words, why are we raising taxes? Why are we empowering bureaucrats and educrats when really what we should be doing is eliminating them? <laughs> no, I kid you not. It's a, you know, kind of a neat idea. But here's, here's what he's saying. 
He's proposing um, that we prioritize what matters most and reduce downtown expenditures, consolidating buildings, and invest our own dollars in new facilities rather than crying popper at every opportunity. Here's his proposal. He wants the chief academic officer to eliminate a clerical position, 52000 He wants them also to eliminate a staff development position, saving 35000 He wants the director of instruction office to consolidate math and science technology into one budget code, saving 270000 He wants to eliminate travel savings for $4,500. This whole thing is about eliminating, eliminating clerical position, uh, for 49000 cutting materials and supplies for 20000 cutting, cutting, clerical position for saving. Do we need a clerical position in every one of these government agencies? The superintendent office, listen to this, he wants to eliminate contingency fund of 150000 He wants to cut dues and fees out of the superintendent office for 25000 He wants to eliminate a clerical position at the superintendent's office for 50000 I mean, the superintendent office is run like a, like a palace. And Jonathan Young has the guts to suggest that we cut all these things at the tune of some $2.3 million. I like this guy. I like him a lot. He wants to empower the localities instead of the bureaucrats. All the real reason. You don't need a bureaucracy. You don't need a superintendent that makes $250,000. How is that helping every kid that walks into a Richmond public school? You're, it's not. It seems like Jonathan Young might be the only one on the school board that gets this thing. That might be saying to himself, you know what? I'd, I'd rather empower uh, us to make real decisions, get rid of the bureaucrats, the educrats, and start cutting back. Does that seem crazy to many? On the left, it does. To me, it seems common sense. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820, 97.7 FM. You know, Madison would have loved to have access to a microphone instead of writing the Federalist Papers. You know, him and John Jay sitting around with Alexander Hamilton. If they could have found a microphone somewhere and then broadcast it across the colonies, they'd have loved that. Instead, they sat there and wrote all of them, which are, by the way, phenomenal because we can go back and read them, but thank God they did. But of course, that doesn't mean anything now because it doesn't matter. There's no federalism. There's none of that stuff. This Constitution is whatever we want it to be. All right. Um, how can a logo of Chief Wahoo be offensive? I mean, how can it possibly bother people? And then it bothers them so bad that they now think the fighting Irish is a, is uh, is offensive. No, seriously, we got the clip from ESPN. We'll play that for you next. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. There you'll find the video of the Democrats' reaction to the State of the Union just by simply clicking on the Lee Brothers. It takes you to our page. And a great video about fixing yourself up. Phenomenal. Trust me, you'll like it. 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW, and 97.7 FM. Where's the best news and talk? AM820, WNTW, Chester, and W249CI Bonaire are the answer.
It's a good song, really. I can listen to it. The Super Bowl. As the founding fathers intended. No, seriously, I'll explain. UVA gets an award for stifling free speech. Jefferson's institution? Are you kidding me? And the fighting Irish and Chief Wahoo are now offensive after all these years. That's next. Virginia citizens and American patriots in the mold of Jefferson, Madison, and Henry Radio, as the Founding Fathers intended, just like the Super Bowl. Can't wait to tell you about that. My name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee is not here. And uh, if you've been listening to the radio program, you know why, and I'll explain. He is um, recovering from pancreatic cancer surgery that happened exactly a week ago today. Richard spent eight hours in an operation room, removing his spleen, his pancreas, his gallbladder, all in one swoop. You can imagine the impact that has on a human being. It is, um, it's going to take a while to recover. Last week, I asked you to, uh, to pray for the Lee Brother family, and many of you have, and the emails are just super. What a phenomenal uh, group of people at Patriots at the LeeBrothers.com. Got, I've got emails from people I haven't heard from in a long time who apparently have tuned in and heard uh, our plea for, um, as we covet the prayers for, for Richard. Richard is uh, doing great. He, he got out of uh, ICU a couple days ago. He's in regular um, hospital room now. He's got more tubes and IVs and things coming out of, um, out of his body. And, and, and Richard is, is an amazing ability to see the good side and the bright side of everything. It's, it's contagious. He's always been that way. I mean, you, you know, you could, you could hit him with a Mack truck and he'd get up and go, well, at least I got up. I mean, that's the way he sees things. And it's almost like, it's like he's like angelic in this way. And I, 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 I don't use that word lightly. I, I seriously believe that, you know, God calls his toughest soldiers into his toughest battles. And Richard is, is prepared for this more than, than I could ever be. And the people in his family just look at him and, and just are amazed. You know, I'd be in the fetal position crying like a baby right now saying, you know, woe is me and it's impossible. I can't believe I've gone through this. And, and Richard is, is finding the, the good in everything. And, uh, it's just an amazing time for, for him. And so we do ask that you would uh, pray for him, pray for his recovery, and that he would get better every day. And in one week, if a miracle had happened, he'd be sitting right here across from me, well, just to my left slightly, um, here in the, uh, in the studios outside the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Great, great guy, phenomenal human being, and um, it would be great to have him back because, quite honestly, he's 50% of this radio program, and he's the better half of it. And uh, I already heard that today. Thank you. Lots of texts and phone calls. Yes, I understand that Richard makes the show, okay? I get that. By the way, that's super kind of you to point out as I'm going through my brother's – yeah, that's great. You know, poke Kick a guy when he's down. Um, but, you know, we, we, uh, we want him back in, in, his, in his normal form in, in, a, in a great way. So um, I, I think he's even listening now. So we love you, bro, and, um, and, and get better and get back here because we need you. We need you to fight for the cause of freedom – and liberty. And then to mock stories like this, quite honestly. I mean, how is the logo of the Cleveland Indians so offensive? I have been um, I've been amazed at what offends people. There is a group of people who are we call professionally offended. They go around looking to be offended by things. And then there's another group of people who I call normal. You know me. You know, I don't I don't look to be offended. There's certainly things that offend me. But normally I just call them a dirtbag or whatever and move on. You know, it's offensive to me 
that somebody would flip off Trump's motorcade and then go around and brag about it and say, look what I did in front of my kids and I flipped off the Trump and I feel good about it. That's offensive. That's just ridiculous. Um, that's real offensive. The Chief Wahoo logo, who? I just want to know who looked at it and went, holy crap, this isn't right. And I am sure that even an Indian, how do they know to be offended by it? Unless they're told by the professionally offended. I'm sure somebody went to them and said, doesn't this offend you? Uh, well, I don't know. Well, look at it. It's an Indian. They play baseball with your logo on their face. I mean, they're calling you an Indian. Oh, well, I guess I should be upset with that. Well, let's, let's build a group. Let's find a pack. You know, let's get a group of people together and protest as you enter the stadium. And by the way, there's a group who did. Every stadium game, there's a group who opposed the, the uh, Chief Wahoo logo, which, by the way, is a great logo. If you look at this thing, it couldn't be offensive. It just can't be. He's smiling. It's, a, it's, it's, ama- it's actually, and by the way, it completely ruins the movie Major League. I mean, you can't even go back and watch this now because I, I, I didn't watch it offended, but now I go back, I've been told that it's offensive. I may change my point of view on it. Going, I can't watch this thing. It's, I mean, the Wahoo, Chief Wahoo, I mean, the whole time it's been offensive and no one knew it until all of a sudden now it's the most offensive thing ever to happen. And I just want to, 454-1366, there's got to be someone out there who is legitimately offended by this. I don't want the fake phone calls, 454-1366. I don't want you to call in and go, I was offended, and, uh, and then you realize that you really weren't. I'm talking about the real, the people have real issues with this. How do you sleep at night? I mean, seriously, if you're offended by a sports logo, what about the real things in life? I mean, the real things that are like should keep you up at night, those things, I mean, if you're offended by a logo from a Cleveland Indians, which you probably don't even live in Cleveland, don't even ever seen a game, didn't even know they were called in until you saw it in the paper and went, yeah, that's offensive. I mean, how do you, how do you function in the rest of the world? Because, if, honestly, if a logo offends you, you've got to be your back – the back of your car must be covered in bumper stickers if, if a logo offends you. I mean, I mean, seriously, Cleveland Indians are actually proud of this. There's been a long source of angst and frustration for those who consider it offensive, outdated, and racist. That logo is all those things? It's offensive, outdated, and racist. It's a cartoon caricature. It's not even a picture of a real one. It's a cartoon. The uh, Manifred, who, by the way, is the, um, the commissioner of baseball, he said, citing the goal of diversity and inclusion, which I don't understand. Wouldn't it be good to have it out there as a logo, to be diverse and inclusive? So you take it away, and it's all... Uh, it doesn't mean it's more inclusive if you take it away, does it? I mean, wouldn't, couldn't you make the argument the other way? That the sense that Chief Wahoo's on the arm, that it's actually more inclusive? Look, we're giving honor to Indians. So are the Braves, by the way. You know, so are the, so the uh, Atlanta Braves are out there doing the tomahawk chop. You're going to stop 60,000 fans in the stadium from doing the tomahawk chop? Even if you got rid of the Atlanta Braves, I guarantee they still go, ah, I guarantee they still do it. Then what are you going to do? He said, the citing the goal of diversity and inclusion, Manafort said in a statement provided in the New York Times, ultimately agree with the, the uh, Indians organization, ultimately agree with my position that the logo is no longer appropriate. And what exactly was the time it became no longer appropriate? Looking for a date here. I'm looking for the time that I should have started to become offended. Actually, I would like him to tell me when 
that date was so that we can look back and see how we lived our lives without noticing. How did we live our lives before that date and allow for such horrific things to happen on a baseball field? He goes on to say, it's no longer appropriate on the field used in a major league baseball. He appreciated Mr. Dolan, who's the owner of the team, to start to see that in 2019 season is right around the corner. The, by the way, this doesn't make everybody happy. Apparently, there's an Indian group that said they're upset that it's in 2019 season. Why wait, they said. If you're going to do this far and get rid of it, why not do it now? They're all doing it to test it out because the name has to go too. Oh, that's the next step, you see. That's the radical next step. That, that's phenomenal. You want to hear the, the trick on this? Consumers will still be able to purchase the items with the logo on them at the team's souvenir sh- shops at the stadium. So they don't think it's that offensive, really. They're still going to make money off it. They're just not going to have it on the uniform. Your phone calls next, 454-1366. Seriously, I want your point of view on this. And next, you'll hear ESPN say the fighting Irish have to go too. 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, The Answer. Major League Baseball. It's offensive. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Richard Lee is in the hospital covering your prayers. He'll hopefully be back here next Friday. Right now, it's me, Scott Lee, 454-1366, 454-1366. Talking about how this logo, the Indians' Chief Wahoo, became so offensive so quickly. The Indians organization made a statement. We have consistently maintained that we are incognizant and sensitive to both sides of the discussion, Dolan said. While we recognize many of our fans have a long-standing attachment to Chief Wahoo, I'm ultimately in agreement with the commissioner desire to remove the logo from our uniforms in 2019. Meanwhile, customers will still be able to purchase items with the logo on them at the team's souvenir shop in the stadium and retail outlets across northern Ohio market. Don't worry, we'll still make money with Chief Wahoo. That's how big our convictions are. We're not going to even release the trademark. The Indians will stop using the logo on the uniforms. They will not relinquish the trademark and still will be able to profit off the sales of the merchandise. How disgusting. I mean, come on. You think it's so bad to have the logo that it's so offensive that you plan to profit from it? But if it offends a group of people, it's time to change the name. (laughs) That's from ESPN long ago. Yeah, isn't that funny? If it offends a group of people, it's time to change the name, no matter what. No matter what. If there's a group who's offended... You've got to change it. Your name could be, you know, I don't know, checkers. And someone say, I prefer chess, and I'm offended by checkers, and then you have to change it, according to that statement. You know how insane this got? Max Kellerman. Never heard of Max Kellerman until this debate. He's on ESPN. Pretty proud of himself. I could tell when I listened to him. Uh, Talked about how this isn't just an issue for Chief Wahoo. It goes much deeper. Someone asked him about what about the fighting Irish? Brian is Irish American. His father, Charlie Kenny, the late great Charlie Kenny, bog farmer from Ireland. That's where his people are from. Walked the beat in Queens as a cop once he got to this country. Was asked about the fighting Irish and the leprechaun logo. And many Irish Americans are not offended. That's because they're normal. 
Most are not offended. And how could you be offended by the leprechaun? Does anyone look like a leprechaun? I mean, is there anyone that looks like a leprechaun? If there was, then maybe you could say. But a leprechaun, by the way, isn't even real. He goes on. But many are. And should that- Oh, many are offended by the leprechaun? This guy's lost his mind, Max Kellerman. Was asked about the Fighting Irish and the Leprechaun logo. And many Irish Americans are not offended, but many are. And should that also change? You answer the that. Answer is, the answer is yes. Guy has lost his mind. I'm going to play the rest of this clip in a second, but can you believe this? This is reality. This isn't, this isn't a parody. They're not laughing. This Max Kellerman is an insane leftist liberal. He's completely lost his mind. Now leprechauns are offensive? Based on this logic, everything is offensive. Everything. You shouldn't even be able to name a team. It should say Cleveland A's. And then you get the Cleveland B's. The Kansas City shouldn't be the Chiefs. Kansas City should be the Kansas City team. That's all right. They ought to call them all named teams. All the teams, the Major League Baseball, NFL, just ought to have team at the end of the name. The Kansas City team. The Atlanta team. This is how insane this guy is. Listen how he continues. Unequivocally, yes. Pernicious, negative stereotypes of marginalized people that offend, even some among them, should be changed. It's not that hard. Wow. Marginalized people. The leprechaun. Didn't really? was marginalized. The leprechaun's been marginalized? How did I miss all this? How in the world did this possibly happen that I missed all these these offensiveness, including the leprechaun, which is now marginalized, according to Max Kellerman and ESPN. Asher from Richmond, you're on with the Lee brothers. Scott, I just want to say that we need to start a petition um, right now to save the leprechaun and Lucky Charms. <laughs> I mean, we got to save him because I know he's going next, and we just got to we got to you know get ahead of the get ahead of these guys. So Th- think of the impact. On- think of the impact yes. of kids who had breakfast every morning. Uh, Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. It was my favorite cereal growing up. I couldn't imagine not having it anymore. Not be able to pass that wonderful tradition down to my children. And and the fact that you were being so offensive by eating Lucky Charms. Even the commercial was, was offensive. I mean, we have that commercial. And there's by- the guilt and remorse that all the children have to feel for ever enjoying Lucky Charms. Right. I mean. Can you imagine that? I don't know how liberals possibly can get away with life. It's just, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Thanks, Asher. appreciate the call. Thank you, Scott. I, I just don't know how they do it. I mean, how can a leprechaun, which isn't even real, be offensive to Max Killerman, who, by the way, portrays himself as a rational human being on ESPN, which, by the way, tells me ESPN should stick to one topic, sports. That's it. And when politics gets injected to it, you people ought to run from it as fast as you can because you're ignorant as can be. It'd be the same way as me talking about sports, which, by the way, The Super Bowl is what I'll discuss coming up and how the founding fathers would be so proud. That and your phone calls next. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820 97.7 FM. The answer. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Todd from Mount Pillar. You're on with the Lee Brothers, or at least me, Scott Lee. Hey, Scott. How you doing? Good. Look, I just wanted to let you all know that uh, 
history of the Indians are they originally were called the, the uh, Cleveland Spiders, but they had a, a man that played for them that was an American Indian That's right. that I believe died somehow, like 1920, and they were they renamed the team to honor this guy. That's right. That's exactly so, the story. So that's it's just crazy. People don't know history, and it's really to honor Indians. So it's ridiculous. The whole thing is Todd. Todd, that's obviously you're confusing people here with the facts and, <laughs> and history, and you know that doesn't matter. What matters is this is now offensive. That's why I questioned when I was questioning the, the commissioner: is at what point did it become offensive? And as soon as it did, well, the we'd... commissioner should know something like that. I mean, that's why he's the commissioner of the, uh, you know, of, of the American League or Major League Baseball. How about Dolan? The game. How about Dolan, the owner? I mean, shouldn't uh, he know? He should. He had to come out. Absolutely, it's, it's the same as uh, Pat, uh, Pat, uh, the uh, Washington Redskins owner. He's saying we're not changing this for nothing ever, and good for him. Well, they better never change it. I, I, I won't be a Redskins fan anymore. I tell you that. I'm a Skins fan, and they should never change that name. In how, my opinion. How long have you been such a hateful human being, Todd? <laughs> hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's right. Four five four thirteen sixty six. This is um, rational. People understand the the lunacy of this. They really do. And this is. Um, it's almost like the whole world has become a parody, and we step back and we look at it and go, "What happened to just common sense?" I think now with the access of social media and the news that is so reached so many aspects of humanity it somehow kicked over a rock and these people crawled out and now they're exposed and everyone's going hey that's supposed to be normal thought i don't think so by the way canada is trying to change their national anthem to gender neutral i'll try to cover that coming up and um university of virginia is against free speech all that dead ahead check us out 820theanswer.com 820theanswer.com click on the lee brothers takes you to our page three great videos there for your listening and viewing pleasure Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820 97.7 FM. The Answer. It must be fought for daily. Right here every Friday from 3 to 6. It is just after 535 in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. My name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend and my brother, sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee, who is not here. He is uh, recovering from surgery at a hospital. Your prayers are welcome and uh, is a miracle if he'll be back next Friday. He's had a lot happen to him, and we appreciate the, all the emails at patriots at theleebrothers.com. Phenomenal emails. I look forward to reading them all here as the show comes to a close and, and responding to all of them. Patriots at theleebrothers.com. Phenomenal. Canada. Canada is uh, is offended too. I mean, what's the deal? I mean, it's even going up north. I mean, Cleveland is pretty close to Canada, I guess, in some places, and it's it's seeped, seeped into Canada. Canada this week, uh, their Senate passed a bill which aims to change the lyrics in O Canada to make it gender neutral. Now, first of all, it already was. But some leftist, I guess there's leftists in Canada too, um, and there's leftists everywhere. There ought to be a place for them. I don't think we have an island of leftists. Just send them all out there and have our own little island. We used to call it Russia, but that's another story. Anyway, um, the, uh, 
they they actually think that there's a there's a there's a lyric in O Canada that says true patriot love and all thy sons command. The problem is the word sons there, not son like S U N S O N S, and um, it's it's designed to be generic. Nobody put that in. By the way, they did put that in there way back when. I think it was 1914, and they they didn't put it in there to go. That's it. I don't like daughters. We're putting sons in there, and it's gonna we're gonna keep out the women. Nobody does that. But somehow today, all of a sudden, it's now offensive to Canadians. I go, we gotta fix this, or worse than that, there was some woman who probably said, "Don't like it." Instead of going, you know what, lady, it's generic. You don't like mankind either. You want to get rid of mankind? That means everyone. How about humankind or whatever? I mean, that's what they want to change it to. The same thing with gentlemen and gentlewoman. There's no such thing as gentlewoman, but there's ladies and gentlemen or chairmen. There's no such thing as chairwoman or congressmen. There's no such thing as congresswoman. Those are generic terms. There is, it encompasses everyone, but Canada got their panties in a wad. They wear panties up there. A little cold probably. Uh, maybe the long underwear. Got their long underwear in a, in a wad. And uh, they, they are now changed it. So they've altered it to say, not true patriot love and all thy sons command, but they change it to true patriot love and all of us command. It's fine. Hey, wanna, you want to change it? I don't care. It's Canada. Do what you want. I'm sure that will sneak down here somewhere and we'll have to change something that we have that's sacred and traditional, which has been the case forever. Speaking of sacred and traditional, Thomas Jefferson. We consider him sacred and traditional here in the Commonwealth. We call him TJ for sure for those who are outside the, the Virginia Commonwealth. They have an award. The University of Virginia received the Jefferson Muzzles Award, which is presented by the Thomas Jefferson Virgin or Center for the Protection of Free Exercise. This is interesting to me. The organization um, is responsible for especially a egregious or ridiculous affronts to freedom of expression, they get the Jefferson Muzzle Award. This went to the University of Virginia. It's kind of weird. You know, Jefferson Award, the Jefferson Muzzle Award, goes to Jefferson's institution called UVA. It actually lands on the lap of the university's executive vice president and chief operating officer, Pat Hogan. You see, on January 19th, Hogan set out a community advisory in an email to all students, faculty, and staff warning them that the university was aware of reports of solicitations by national organizations to encourage disruption or distribution of offensive flyers across the campus. Oh, an offensive flyer. So now flyers are as bad as Chief Wahoo, or flyers are as bad as saying sons in the uh, O Canada song. Offensive flyer? The flyer itself is offensive? A sheet of paper is offensive? Apparently, in Hogan's mind, saying something offensive is the same as committing a heinous crime. How do we know? In his email, he tells students to call 911 if they see someone posting offensive flyers or material. Wow. They really do deserve that award, don't they? 911? There's something bad going on. 911, what's your emergency? There's an offensive flyer being posted on my dorm room door. That is, is that the role of 911? Hogan, you're a bonehead. You urge people to call 911 if there's a flyer being posted? That's the same travesty of someone being attacked. 
911, what's your emergency? I've got a flyer. Well, let me hang up on the person who's getting attacked and deal with this thing. Yeah, we'll get them right out there to get rid of the offensive flyer. And to the left, snowflakes, it probably is. It probably is more offensive. I don't know if you saw this in the General Assembly this week. This is, this is interesting. I, I picked up on this. There's a bill that could change your driving habits. There's a push to protect pedestrians in Virginia, and it could change your habits behind the wheel. Right now, drivers have to use their turn signals to alert other drivers when they're, where they're heading, but a bill would require them to use their turn signals to warn pedestrians, too. Now, I always thought, and call me crazy, I always thought that no matter when you turned, you used this thing called a turn signal. Some people call it blinkers. I think that's a horrible name for it. It's called a turn signal blinker. Get a kick out of that. You got your blinkers on. My blinker? Where in my dashboard does it say blinker? Show me the blinker. Blinker. It could be anything. Blinker. It's not a blinker. Actually, it actually says it in the bill, by the way, blinker, but these people aren't. It's a turn signal, and you always use turn signals. Everybody uses a turn signal when you turn. I don't look in my rearview mirror and go, oh, there's no cars there, so I'm not going to use my turn signal. Do you? Does anyone do that? No. You, when you turn, you use the turn signal. Except now there has to be a bill to require you because you don't want to hit pedestrians. This is, this is the, the king and queen sitting in the General Assembly building going, all right, look, we got people running over pedestrians because they didn't use their turn signal. Really? Is that going on all over the place? And, and this bill by Janet Howell, who, get this, it's got a D beside her name. Nah, you didn't know that, did you? A little shocked at that one. She said it was, she was inspired by a request from two of her constituents who said they didn't feel safe walking around. Well, get your head out of your phone. Quit texting. Look around a little bit. You know, everyone else seems to be making it fine across the street. But you think a turn signal is going to protect you? Have you ever seen someone hit the turn signal and turn the other way? You know what? If you're a pedestrian around cars, and I do this when I run. You know, I jog three miles every day. I, I never assume that the moron in the car sees me. Never. I always assume they don't know me, they don't see me, and I, I stay away from them. Pedestrian rule number one. I didn't need a bill to say, you need to be careful. I didn't need a bill to tell the driver to use his turn signal, but apparently a bill will save pedestrians. Missed that one. Here's what else I missed. Republicans are now officially haters of puppies. I, I just found this out. And I, we've been told our whole life that Republicans hate puppies. Well, we have. Republicans are evil. They hate puppies. They, they uh, you know, every campaign they run, they want to push grandma off the cliff and throw the puppy down with her. And uh, now we find out that it's actually true. The um, Democrats are upset that a bill which would prohibit the tethering of a pet died in a committee by Republicans. The patron of the bill, John Bell, who is a, I don't know if I can say this, he's got a D beside his name, said, quote, I'm appalled that the Republican delegates on the committee, Knight, Ort, Poindexter, Moorfield, and Bloxham, would choose to leave a voiceless animal out in the cold. Does it go with, you, you really think, you really think these people, I mean, did this hold water? Is there somebody out there that was going to vote for a, Dem a Republican who goes, holy crap, this is it. I can't do it anymore. They voted against. They voted to, to let dogs, as, as, as Delegate Bell put it, 
a voiceless animal. Believe me, dogs have their version of a voice. They bark and yipe. Drives me insane sometimes how much they bark and yipe. Out in the cold, you, you really think that these Republicans are so evil. Delegate Bell does. He said, why would they choose to leave voiceless animals out in the cold? My wife and I foster rescue dogs. And we've seen time and time again how tethers hurt and sometimes kill perfectly innocent animals. I carried 646 because I believe the voiceless animals need a voice. I love how the left talks. Everybody's voiceless and everyone needs a voice. And the Democrats are there to provide the voice because there's a bunch of mute dogs and mute people running around. And without Democrats, they would have no voice. By the way, if tethering hurts and kills perfectly innocent animals, why doesn't your bill say ban tethering permanently? It doesn't. you got a qualifier on there. By the way, the qualifier is pretty encompassing, but the qualifier is in below temperatures of 32 and above temperatures of 85. Or when the owner is not on the property, which is exactly why some owners tether their dog. Because they're not on the property. I mean, that's insane. Unbelievable. And by the way, I've seen perfectly taken care of dogs tethered. But again, the bureaucrat knows more than the homeowner. The bureaucrat knows better than the dog owner. The bureaucrat's heart is bigger than the owner. In every case, the bureaucrat knows better than you do and your dog. And apparently is now able to turn this around and make Republicans hate puppies. It's amazing. So I guess if you're a Republican, you hate puppies. And by the way, when did 32 become cold to a dog? 32? Now, negative 32 would kill just about anything. But 32? Come on. There's plenty of dogs running around at 32. Are you going to stop them on a leash walking with people, with their, their, part, their uh, owners too? I, I'm sorry. I just I don't believe the bureaucrats have our best interest at heart, even though they proclaim to have a heart bigger than mine which is really not that difficult. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM. WNTW, the answer. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's this show. Kind, compassionate, tolerant. You just heard my take on the tethered dogs. By the way, I just want to let everyone know that I would never tether my dog. I mean, not that not that you would know about, but I would just admit right here, I would never, never tether my dog. I wouldn't. Build a fence, let him run around. And I'm a huge fan of animals. I know Richard doesn't believe that, but I am. I'm a huge fan. Richard would stop his car, and I've seen him do this, in the middle of the street to save a turtle. And then all the cars behind him, or something, and then he'll swerve over, help every animal. He's helped stray dogs in his car, take them right over to the vet. So at least one half of the Lee brother family is, is compassionate and kind and would never kick a puppy. That's me. Richard kicks. No, I'm, there is no, I don't know how this premise takes hold, but the left is so funny about, about what they view uh, animals and, and that type of thing. The Super Bowl, as the founding fathers intended, it is. And as you watch the Super Bowl this weekend, I want you to remember that. Because there are, these two teams are inside the original 13 colonies. And if Jefferson and Madison and Patrick Henry and George Washington, John Adams, John Hancock, Benjamin Franklin, they would all be at the game. Because they would all have a stake in it. 
Benjamin Franklin actually uh, had the first political cartoon in the history of political cartoons. You'll remember this because it's the uh, snake severed in 13 pieces, actually nine pieces, and at the bottom of it, it reads, join or die. And it was originally introduced in the French and Indian War and then later resurrected during the Revolutionary War. And Benjamin Franklin uh, would be probably flying that flag at the Super Bowl, join or die. In other words, he wouldn't really have a stake in the winner because he believed that uniting was more important. Now, others, on the other hand, Madison was a quiet man. He was a short stature man, not, not really uh, that outspoken. And he certainly probably wouldn't be an Eagles fan. Because have you met an Eagles fan? These people are insane. They, they, they throw snowballs at Santa. That, that's, how, that's how bad these people are. And Madison would never, ever be that. He would probably be a New England fan. Actually, if you think about a lot of the founding fathers, they probably would be on the side of the New England Patriots where most of the revolution took place. You know, April 19th, shot heard around the world, the Boston Massacre, where John Adams uh, was the lawyer for the British then and was mocked and puned and made fun of it when it actually turned out to be a, a case of legitimate legal stance. And, and um, so there would be a great cause for the New England, which would include then and actually includes now New England colonies. It's funny because on the join or die snake, it actually has N-E for New England, which include Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, uh, New Hampshire, and, and, uh, and those areas. And that's the same thing now. So New England would actually encompass all those parts of the country. The Super Bowl is all about the founding fathers. The Philadelphia Eagles, the eagle, the trademark of America, the, the bald eagle, with its claws and talons holding the the, uh, the spears in one. Actually, Benjamin Franklin was against the bald eagle being the, uh, he thought it was an immoral bird. Thought the turkey was much more of a better example for the country. I may have been right on that. I'm not sure. But the bald eagle certainly looks better. And the bald eagle is just dashing. And I mean, who doesn't like the bald eagle? And how could you pull against the eagles? I mean, the eagle's an amazing bird. It's amazing. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's America. When you go watch the Super Bowl this weekend, you're looking at two teams that are the founding fathers would struggle to pick. And that's the, the beauty of it, that this, this Super Bowl, the, the worst part of it is not played inside the 13 colony. You've got to go to Minnesota. And then they didn't have TV then. So you couldn't, you couldn't even watch it. The founding fathers would go, where are you going exactly? Why, way up there? What are you doing? It's colder. It's horrible. I don't even ever heard of Minnesota. Stay here. Play it in Philadelphia. Play it somewhere between New England and Philadelphia. I think that ought to be a new rule in the NFL. Play it closer to where the teams are. If, the, if there's one on the East Coast and the West Coast, it means like Kansas City. Actually, someplace in Kansas is like dead center in the United States. I forget the name of the place, but that's a good place to start up. It's on East Coast, West Coast. It'd be good for the city since no one really recognizes them. This is a founding father Super Bowl. I'm actually excited about it. My issue is who to pull for. You want the Lee brother take? Here's Scott Lee. I'm going to tell you who I'm pulling for. I thought about this in great detail. Only because I want to go with the masses, and I'm horrible at football anyway. Don't know all the sporting things. I love the game, love to watch it, but you asked me to talk about sports. I, I know it's a pigskin, and I know some of the rules, and it's fun, and I enjoy it, and it's pro-America, all the rest of it. But I'm really not a New England fan. Maybe, maybe Brady's the, you know, he's like perfect. It's like, that's just too perfect for me. It really is. 
I think New, I think Philadelphia Eagles to me says the grit of America. It says these guys work harder than New England Patriots. This is the original capital of our country. Sure, after the Battle of Germantown, Washington ended up turning it over to General Howe, but that's another story entirely. We got it back. We got it back. Go Eagles. Scott Lee, that's me. I'm pulling for the Philadelphia Eagles. You? Good luck if you're not. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. 454-1366. And that's a wrap. Doesn't that just, I just hate it. There's no Richard to wrap this thing up. Hey, continue to pray for Richard as he's in the hospital recovering from um, from quite the surgery. We covet your prayers. If you would continue to do so, that'd be great. And send us an email, patriots at theleebrothers.com. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. takes you right to our page. The Democrats' reaction to the State of the Union and the Obama-Clinton talk about immigration and fix yourself, all at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. There we archive our shows and you can check us out and let your listening pleasure. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week, hopefully with Richard. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.